and welcome to episode 10 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug Batane. Thanks for rocking with us once again. 10 episodes in, and today we're going to break it down. We got the NBA Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about Madison Bumgarner. He was very upset after a Max Muncy blast in yesterday's Giants-Dodgers game. And then we're going to talk some NHL. But we're going to leave the show off today with the NBA. So tonight, the Raptors, they could win their franchise's first Larry O'Brien trophy in their franchise's 24-year existence. And it's going to be a wild one tonight up in Scotiabank Arena, up in all of Canada. Toronto is Canada's team And you saw the way that Toronto, their fan base made it all the way out west. And it was really Toronto's victory parade in Oracle Arena. Check this out. Right after you saw Warrior fans, you know, leave the exits to probably go get a Lakers jersey or whatever team they're going to check out next. You saw the Warrior, the Raptors fans just take out Oracle. Check out Toronto fans representing after the big win against the Warriors. And you got to love that. You got to love this fan base. They're so energized. They're so close they can taste it. And really, it looks like it's the end of not only a season for the Warriors, not only an arena, but yes, the end of a dynasty. Don't forget Kawhi Leonard, What is he's a dynasty killer. He ended the Heat dynasty. He's about to end the Warriors dynasty. And it's going to be a huge night up in Toronto. I'm going to give you my prediction in just a second. You can probably tell the way I'm leaning. Heading into the series, I had the Raptors winning in seven games. But that was assuming that Durant would be back sooner. It was assuming that Klay Thompson wasn't going to be dealing with a hamstring injury. But either way, uh, what I thought was going to happen has happened. And the depth of the Raptors, top to bottom, they have outscored the Warriors 13 of 16 quarters in this series. If it wasn't for that 18-0 run by the Warriors in Game 2... The Warriors could already be in Cancun right now. They could already have been swept. And like I was saying in the last episode, that this feels very reminiscent of that 1991 NBA Finals between the Lakers and the Bulls, where, yes, the Lakers were able to get a win there, but then the Bulls and Michael Jordan went on to win four straight, and injuries were also a factor. James Worthy and Byron Scott both went down in that series, and that was the end of the Showtime dynasty, and this is going to be the end of the Golden State dynasty, and it's going to happen tonight. The Raptors get that parade ready, start the celebrating, start those We the North chants in Jurassic Park because tonight I'm telling you, this is a wrap. I've seen the news. Kevin Durant is going to be a game-time decision, but KD or no KD, the Raptors, you are going to win the 2019 NBA championship, and we're going to talk about what that means. So the big story tonight really is, is whether or not Kevin Durant can come back 
and maybe lead this team to a victory and give them any hope of coming back down 3-1. Now, down 3-1, we know is a death sentence in sports. In the NBA in particular, the NBA Finals, teams that have gone up 3-1 have gone on to win the series 35 times. Only one team has come back, and that was, of course, 2016 when the Cavs came back down 3-1 you have the kick by Draymond he was suspended Kyrie hits the shot you got the stop by Caleb LeBron's block and that's what happened in that series so it's only happened one time it would be fitting if you're the Warriors to be able to return that favor I'm not I don't think it's impossible of course if Klay Thompson if his hamstring looks better tonight and KD looks like a KD that was a two-time Finals MVP winner, maybe things could get interesting. But I think that the Raptors, they have them figured out. I think they get it done tonight. They win the NBA Finals, and it's going to be a beautiful sight. It's the first major championship in Toronto since this. Joe has had his moments. Two balls and two strikes on him. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. As Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning. And the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. You remember Carter. You remember that Toronto Blue Jays walk-off. The, the Maple Leafs haven't won since 1967. So this city, it's they're really turning into a basketball city. But I think tonight's story really is all about Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant, Sam Amick of The Athletic is reporting that Durant's continued absence has created a mixture of confusion and angst among several of his teammates. And they told Amick that, they were hoping that he was going to be ready for game four and that when he wasn't back for game four, it really threw things off because you saw that Curry with that 47-point outpouring, that big showcase game for him, that he emptied the tank in that game. And a lot of that really may have been he thinks that Durant's return is imminent and they could really rely on him. But now he's going to be a game-time decision in game five. And apparently their trainer... Rick Celebrini is making the call on Durant and not Durant himself. So I don't know if that's a PR move that to save face for Durant, making it seem like he's having some Willis Reed moment for the Knicks, which is the team he's going to play for next year. But really, multiple sources have also said that really it was game five at the earliest. So there seems to be a lot of confusion with Golden State, and that confusion really is when he is going to come back, and it create, apparently it has created some tension up in Golden State. And me personally, I think that if he comes back tonight, especially in a hostile environment, that Scotiabank Arena, Drizzy Drake makes his return. I'm telling you, Drake, show up in a Kevin Durant Knicks jersey. That's what you have to do, okay? And if he does that, and that arena is going to be so alive I think you put KD and I think you put the Warriors in a tough position because he's got to get a rhythm. Kevin Durant is a guy who has stretches. Look at game six in 2016 when, no, in 2015 with the Warriors and the, uh, you know, with the Warriors, 2014, I should say, Warriors and 
Thunder where he really went cold in that game six. So he is not a guy who's going to come in and find his shot in the first second quarter, especially in a hostile environment. Yes, he's Kevin Durant. He's in the conversation for the best player in the NBA. He might go down as the best complete scorer in the NBA history. But we're talking about bringing him in. He's missed nine straight games, and you're bringing him in on the road in a closeout game in the finals. I feel like that throws everything off, and you could find yourself in a blowout situation. You could find yourself in a 2008 Lakers-Celtics situation where the Celtics closed out the Lakers by 36. I think that is totally on the table, especially with Green finding his shot, Van Vliet hitting his shot, and guys starting to really blow up from beyond the arc. So my whole thing with the, with the, with the Raptors, with the NBA, with everyone, and, and all the pundits that really didn't predict or see that this is a possibility, you saw this coming, okay? You had to have seen this coming, and I know that the Raptors fans did. I know New Balance did when they put a billboard up in Oakland saying the king of the north is coming, and it was a big picture of Kawhi Leonard, and he went in there, they won two straight, and he had his 14th 30-point performance in the playoffs, did the claw, in game four, joining Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James as the only players to clear that feat. So we're talking about rare air, exclusive class. We're talking about some all-time greats there. And when you have the best player on the floor in Kawhi Leonard, there's no question he's the best player on the floor. You give yourself a chance to win every game, and that has paid dividends, and we're seeing that in this series. So Nick Nurse joked about it after the game. I love the Raptors' demeanor, by the way. The Raptors, if you see them after the game – Yes, they're, they're, they're a little excited for a second, but you see them in the tunnel and they're looking like they had just won a preseason game or a regular season game. They are laser-focused, locked in. You don't see them like Clay Thompson or Draymond after game two, after a little measly game two win, talking all that smack after the game to Drake. They are not talking to anyone. They know that until they get it done, that these three wins don't mean anything. And Nick Nurse joked about it after the game. He said, you can't win four until you win three, I think, if my math is good there. So Nick Nurse and the Raptors understand that you really have to stay even keel. You got to finish the job, and then you can celebrate. I can't wait to see Kawhi Leonard celebrate. I want to see Kawhi Leonard smiling, laughing. <laughs> it's going to be a great sight. So, and in the game, too, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's really, what do you do if you're the Warriors? You, you've only outscored the Raptors three times, three quarters in this entire series. Curry shoots 47, they still lose. Curry and Thompson, 25 each, they still lose. Draymond Green, triple-double, they still lose. Boogie comes back, they lose. So the Warriors, I just don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Kevin Durant coming back could actually be a detriment to them because we know for him to get in the flow, it's going to take a minute. Raptors come out of the gate strong. They may never look back. I do see them winning tonight, though, regardless, even if it's a tight one, even if Kevin Durant shows up. But I just love this story. The Raptors going into this season, 538, they gave the Raptors a 12% chance to win the NBA title. Midway through the season in January, those went up to 15%. 
going into this series, Vegas had Golden State as a minus 300, a huge favorite going into this series. And now 538, they give Golden State just an 11% chance to recover and come back and win this series. And I just think it's a great story because really the Warriors and the Raptors, the Warriors are a team that's played five seasons, 511 games together, right? This team for the Raptors entering the playoffs, the starting lineup of Lowry, Siakam, Leonard, Gasol, and Green logged just 161 minutes in a combined 14 games. So this team that's about to win the championship heading into this playoffs had only played 14 games together. You remember they traded for Gasol. You remember Kawhi Leonard sat with load management for a couple of games. And they this season, too, they've won five games against the Golden State Warriors out of six. So let's just call it what it is. This series... The Raptors are getting it done tonight. Start the parade. Jurassic Park. It is going to go down. The Raptors are going to win their franchise's first championship. And really, I feel like we're going to remember this Warriors season, this finals, as really KD. Kevin Durant, this whole season has been about Kevin Durant and the Warriors. Is KD coming back? Is KD coming back? Is KD coming back next year? Is KD signing long-term? Is KD coming back for the Western Conference Finals? Is KD coming back in the NBA Finals? When's Kevin Durant coming back? And really, it became overwhelming. It became a cloud that the Raptors just took advantage of and that the Warriors could not overcome. And I really, I hope for the Warriors' sake that they don't even entertain the idea of a one-year deal with Kevin Durant this offseason that a lot of people are suggesting because that instability it just creates this one foot in one foot in one foot in the door one foot out the door mentality that has really just really been a detriment and has really hurt the warriors chemistry it's just been really destructive so i really hope that the warriors understand at this point that this whole kevin durant project yes it netted you two finals and looking back Everyone would have made that move, okay? I'm not saying you don't make that move, especially because you're adding Kevin Durant without giving up anything. And the fact that Steph Curry's contract, what it was, was what it was because of an ankle injury. You were able to sign him and keep everyone on that team. But moving forward, I think that you really have to avoid that one-year deal. Think long and hard. Make him commit long-term if it is going to be with the Warriors. So, I mean, just take it with, from the Cavs. Look what the Cavs have done with LeBron James. LeBron James pretty much had seized control over all the Cavs organization, and it really hurt them in the long run. And you got to just kind of, if I'm the Warriors, that's my tip to you guys. You gotta, you gotta really make a bold decision with Kevin Durant. If he wants to stay in Golden State, you need a little more protection. If he wants to stay for one year, I say you let him walk, you regroup, and then you just go back to the drawing board and you try to build around Curry and Clay and Draymond Green. And that's where I want to transition to is Draymond Green. Now, apparently, Draymond Green gave a huge a huge impassioned speech 
right after game four. That is what Kavon Looney told Sam Amick of The Athletic. He said, he made sure we had our heads up, said, stay confident, know who we are. We didn't get here by quitting and pouting or giving up. We always believe, and we've got a bunch of guys who have been underdogs and who have been counted out before. I think we are going to embrace this challenge more. Everybody probably thinks we are going to lose now, and being the underdog again, like we haven't been in a long time, it's fun. We'll try to go out there and prove everybody wrong. Now, I think that's funny, right? Draymond Green is trying to rally the troops. He's trying to bank on the fact that that Kevin Durant can come back and and help win this championship. But Draymond Green, weren't you the same guy that got suspended just this year? Weren't you the same guy that missed time after a bench spout with Kevin Durant where you said, hey, we won before you and we're going to win after you and we don't need you? Well, it's very clear that you do need Kevin Durant and that you wouldn't have won without him. So be careful, Draymond Green. It's clear that without Kevin Durant coming back, that you don't have a chance. So I think that looking back, that was silly by Draymond Green yelling at Kevin Durant saying you don't need him. Because if I'm not mistaken, you're the guy who right after you lost to the Cavs at home in Game 7, weren't you the guy that went right to your phone to call Kevin Durant from the parking lot at Oracle? Weren't you the guy that said, hey, we need you to take us over the top? So Draymond Green, he's always talking. And my point is his impassioned speech, to me it's a little hollow at this point if you're in that locker room because he always says what he says in the moment. I don't know if he threatened to kick everyone in the nuts like he did LeBron James if they don't win. Maybe that would be effective. But really, that's going to be all she wrote for Golden State. The Toronto Raptors, you heard it here first. We had them in seven. Moving that up to game five, the Raptors, they're going to get it done. So congratulations, Toronto. No one gave you a shot heading into the year. Congratulations to Masai Ujiri making that bold move, trading DeMar DeRozan. By the way, I saw a really funny uh, fan picture Someone in Jurassic Park was holding up a sign that said, DeMar DeRozan died for this. And that just really cracked me up. But really, he's a part of this franchise's history. He played some great games for him. But Kawhi Leonard gets them over the top tonight. And the Raptors, they win the NBA championship. Next, we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball, where the Dodgers, they win yesterday up in San Francisco, their 11th series win of the year. They improve their record to 45-21, and 21, 18 games ahead of the Giants, 11 games ahead of the Rockies, and they're about to win their seventh straight division title in the NL West. They should just change the name from the NL West to calling it the Dodgers and the rest because the Dodgers have dominated that division and they're going to get another championship later on this year. So yesterday the talk was about Mad Max, Mad Muncie, the funky Muncie. He goes up and he crushes a 467-foot bomb deep, deep into McCovey Cove. Muncie hits this ball to deep right field. Forget about it. Muncie with a splash hit. And some words for Bumgarner as he rounds the bases with his 13th home run of the season. 
and a 1-0 first inning lead. Mad Max with a few more words for Mad Bum. The Dodger-Giant rivalry is alive. Ma Madison Bumgarner, who is the resident sheriff of the no-fun zone, the no-fun police, the Mr. You know, he makes all the decisions. and But we're going to talk about that. But I think it's important to point out that Madison Bumgarner, he was in a bad mood right when that game started. So let's take a look at it. People were talking about the Mad Mustang, but if you look at the very first batter he faced, Kike Hernandez, who had really had a lot of success against Bumgarner. He was hitting 5'11 against Madison Bumgarner heading into this game, and Bumgarner was not happy with the umpire's calls. And the home plate umpire, Will Little, he got into it with Madison Bumgarner because Bumgarner, he throws a pitch, and he doesn't get the call, and he's yelling, that's where I effing want it. That's where I effing want it. And then finally, he says, that's BS. That's BS. And then the Giants dugout gets an earful from Will Little, who says, clean it up. I'm not dealing with it. Get a hold of your boy, Bumgarner, because this has to stop. So he was very cranky. And then the next batter up, Max Muncy, he takes off, and he takes that blast deep into McCovey Cove. And Bumgarner, he awkwardly approaches Muncy to tells him, he tells him to start running and that he wants him to, uh, you know, he tells him, hey, effing run, get down the baseline, go. And really, the home run trot was really not that excessive. The average this year is 22 seconds, and Muncy's was 27. But really, that came after the fact that, that uh, Bumgarner had approached him to tell him what to do. And then while on the base paths, don't mess with Max Muncy, because he'll get you. And on the base pass, <clears throat> his response was to tell him that if he wants the ball, he can go in the ocean and get it himself. That is what he told Alana Rizzo, the Dodgers reporter, right after the game. Check this out. Ron, what exactly uh, was the exchange there? What do you think happened? Well, he, uh, you know, I hit the ball, and then he yelled at me. He said, don't watch the ball. You run. Um, and I just responded back, uh, you know, if you, want, if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. <laughs> Did you? Wow, that is a burn from Max Muncy. Give it up for Max Muncy, man. In an era where you got guys downplaying stuff, taking the high road, you don't want to get quoted, you don't want to be a distraction. He's like, you want to play, I'll play along. And that was just a money response by Max Muncy. So give him credit. I'm nominating that. That's one of the burns of the season. That's going to be a tough one to top. Get those t-shirts made. I'll rock one, definitely. But uh, he would go on to say, I believe that you did ask him to run the bases with you, no? Uh, uh, you know, he just he kept mouthing off. I told him to come, you know, come get it. But, uh, um, you know, he's a competitor. He was just fired up about it. Uh, um, you know, I don't, I definitely hope this doesn't turn into a Puig thing because I don't want that. Yeah, you may not want that, Max Muncy, but I'm telling you, Dodger fans, baseball fans, we do want this to be the next Puig. We do want this to be the next player that gets under Madison Bumgarner's skin. So you hit a home run again. You hit another moonshot. Take it to the next level. He's a cowboy. Throw him some finger guns. Pretend like you're in quicksand out there. Do cartwheels. I don't know what it is, but I'm here for it. So Mad Max, you have to embrace this rivalry 
So if it brings out the best in you, it raises the competition levels. Baseball needs characters like Mad Max, like Mad Muncie, and they need moments like yesterday. It helps the sport because the old guard is gone. We need to have fun in baseball, and I love it. So keep it up, Max Muncie. But he would also go on to talk about this. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, just him competing out there, and, uh, um, you know, he was upset he made a bad pitch, and, um, and that's all there was to it. And you guys know. So it was clear that the Cowboy had his chaps a little too tight. Mr. Snot Rocket was a little snotty. And really, he went on to pitch a great game. He has had his struggles this year. His ERA is at 3.83. It was over four for periods of this year, and he hasn't looked like that dominant three-time world champion four-time All-Star Madison Bumgarner in quite some time. But there's a lot of talk that he's going to get traded. So this could be his final game against the against the Dodgers in San Francisco. So if you're a Dodger fan, that has to make you happy, the fact that his last memory of the Dodgers, because we all know his eyes get red when he sees that Dodger blue. And if this was the last time he faces the Dodgers, the fact that Max Muncy was able to get under his skin – you got to love that if you're the Dodgers because you might face him if he goes to St. Louis. He could be in the Yankees. Dodgers could see him in the postseason. I'm not saying that this rivalry is over as far as Bumgarner and the Dodgers, but we saw that he would get into it with Puig, and he is just, he does not like it. He's this old guard of baseball purists that doesn't like guys admiring their home runs and all that stuff. What if he faced Tim Anderson and he flipped the bat seven rows into the into the stands, what would he do then? And I'm here to tell you, I'm okay with bat flipping. I'm also okay with pitchers pegging batters. I'm okay with all of it. I'm okay with anything that creates dugout bench-clearing brawls. I don't care. Call me uh, call me petty, but to me, I just love it. It makes the game more competitive. It, me- it makes everything a little more hostile. Obviously, I don't want anyone to get injured, but come on. It's a part of the game. And really, that's what it is. There is no unwritten rules in baseball, okay? There, it's not – There, it, the only rule is there's no crying in baseball, and that's what Madison Bumgarner does. He gets all upset, and really, the answer, Madison Bumgarner, don't, 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 get, jack, don't get your home runs. Don't give up home runs. Don't give up those deep jacks on breaking balls, and there you go. Problem solved. I don't know what it's going to take for you, but really, if that's what's getting you upset, just know that your history and the fact that, hey, we saw you hit a home run uh, against Kershaw, you didn't really fly out of the gates like Usain Bolt. You admired that for a little bit. I averaged that out. That, I, did, I timed it. it was, that was at close to 24 seconds. So don't forget, we don't, you got, you got uh, uh, Barry Bonds out there twirling like a ballerina after he hit a home run against Chan Ho Park in the Dodgers, okay? It's all fun and game. We don't want to go to the stadium and root for robots, okay? We want to see guys with the flair. We, we want to see guys admiring. I mean, if you're Max Muncy, he's just beholding that home run and just waiting for that splash. But you got to love that comeback by Max Muncy. And, you know... If you're Bumgarner, do what he says. Go find it yourself. Maybe we should get him some water wings because he's being a little baby. Get him some scuba gear. Maybe he can go hang out with that guy who was grilling out there. If you saw the guy, my favorite was the guy on the kayak. You can just see him grilling hot dogs and burgers from a kayak. I love that. And really, 
it was Bumgarner, the guy who should have got grilled for his actions because you can't be doing that stuff. Let's be honest here. Try not giving up those home runs. But the bigger story here really is the fact that Bumgarner had an impressive outing. I mean, he only gave up one run, and he really did look like it was a throwback to the dominant Bumgarner, and that's why the Giants have to be licking their chops because now they can sit on the fact that, hey, this guy, the ERA, is a byproduct of the Giants' inability to score runs or their inability to win games. They actually score runs all right. And really, a change of scenery. Look for them to cash in on Bumgarner to try to start that rebuild. And also, if you're the Dodgers, you might want to talk about the this. Tra- the Dodgers-Giants might have to work on a trade, too. So if you know the Dodgers' bullpen is a dumpster fire, it's been atrocious, it's been really the only thing that's prevented the Dodgers from having an all-time greatest record, and really a lot of Dodger fans want uh, the the San Francisco Giants ace, Will Smith. He's holding opponents to 148 batting, 14 and 14 of saves this year. Yes, the Dodgers have a catcher named Will Smith that they just sent back down to the minors, so they could have a Will Smith logjam at some point. But the Dodgers and Giants, historically, they do not make deals. But Brian Sabian and Ned Coletti, they made a deal for Sweeney back in 2007 and that could be the same dynamic here with Andrew Freeman and Farhan Zaidi. And Farhan Zaidi, he even mentioned it. He said, hey, the idea really is you want to trade with your division rivals because you want to deplete their talent as much as possible. And the Dodgers really have a really excellent farm system. So look for them to consider making that move. So that would be interesting. But there you have it. Madison Bumgarner. He was in his feelings yesterday. Max Muncy, he hit him with that zinger, and that was all she wrote like the great Vin Scully said himself. And lastly, we're going to talk some NHL where the Blues were unable to get it done. They were unable to win the first Stanley Cup trophy in franchise history yesterday after losing to the Boston Bruins 5-1. to one. And really, it was such a missed opportunity, Blues. I mean, you guys are the oldest NHL franchise to have not won a Stanley Cup trophy. Their franchise started in 1967, and they went to three straight Stanley Cups from 69 to uh, 68, 69 to 70, but they have not won a Stanley Cup. And it looks like they may have just missed their opportunity. They didn't get it done. And they're heading back to Boston for Game 7. It'll be the first Game 7 in Boston since those Celtics-Lakers series back in the 80s. So Boston, they're going to be up for that one. And really, I think the problem, the big jinx, was the St. Louis Today newspaper who who accidentally put out ads to their subscriber-only edition that commemorated the St. Louis Blues' first Stanley Cup championship. In a statement, it said, in preparation for the outcome of the Stanley Cup final, some of our readers got a sneak peek at what our advertisers are hoping to say to the Blues, the fans, and St. Louis. We apologize for the sneak peek and hope to share their messages with everyone very soon. So it was really a major blunder. And really, if you're a Blues fan, you, you got to hope that that's not just a 
a, a collector's item, like one of those hats or championship T-shirts that they send to Africa or different countries around the world after the, for the losing team of the finals or the championship game because really – I don't like their chances heading back. It almost reminds me of the Dewey defeats Truman newspaper thing. So come on, Blues. You got to get it done. Get that Stanley Cup. I'm rooting for you, Blues. There's a guy who bet uh, like $400 in January for them to win it all. And if they win, he'll get 100000 So who knows? Check that out. That's going to be on Tuesday. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the Get More Sports Podcast. Thanks for rocking with us. Ten episodes in, up to double digits now. Have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week. My name is Doug McCain. You can find me on DMAC underscore LA on Twitter. Hit me up. Have a great day and see you soon. And I'm out.